Hello, and welcome to Updates You Didn't Ask For, a weekly topical podcast with me, your host, Kristen Berman. Hi, friends. I am coming to you with a postscript. I had some menopause things I wanted to talk to you about, and body things. I don't know. I guess I guess my postscripts, they, they will be menopause-related, but they also might be a little bit more navel-gazy and self-indulgent. Okay, so if you've been listening with me for a while, you know that I go looking for information regarding menopause. And by going looking, that is the lazy layman's term for me searching the internet. Because let's be honest, I am not really, not looking outside of my house I'm a little, yeah, that's just it. I'm not going to even qualify it. I'm searching the internet. I have mentioned before that when I do look around, I usually find pathophysiology. I find signs and symptoms, and I often find that those articles will be related to hormone replacement therapy. So then I decided to start noodling around in my field of, I'm not even going to say expertise, in my field of knowledge. I can qualify that because I do have, I have the degree that says I've accomplished this. Just kidding. But I do. I did go to college for four years and studied a lot of science and it still is in the vault, I believe, the vault of my brain. I might not be accessing it all the time, but, but, you know, I do, I do have some knowledge about the body and pathophysiology and physiology and biology and all of it. And it's all related to Chinese medicine. So I went through the Chinese medicine route of searching for information and I found some things. I actually found the most in-depth article that was written in terms that I could completely understand and I didn't have to slow down because it was so medically, um, medical jargon, but there was a lot in there. However, there were also some really, really uh, factual, informative charts. So my, my main query was, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, so you don't have estrogen, you don't have, or you have diminished uh, estrogen and testosterone and progesterone production. Those are the main, uh, the main reproductive um, hormones, they all work with the, um, the adrenals and the brain and I can't even remember what part of the brain, but I wanted to know what happens. Okay. So yeah, we, 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 we stop making eggs. We stop producing estrogen. What happens? Because those functions still function, but they're just not functioning with they're functioning without that hormone. So what's happening? I mean, we, we learn what doctors are trying to recreate by putting you on hormone replacement therapy. They're putting back in all of those hormones to create a false sense of youth, I guess, vibrancy. I don't even know what the word is. So what happens is you still have some estrogen production. So 
there's different forms of estrogen. There's E1, E2, and I think there was E3. And we have different estrogen receptors within our body. Isn't that cool? And the reason that there are problems that come up is because estrogen, was it estrogen one? No, estrogen two. Estrogen two is the dominant estrogen. That's the one that works in with your ovaries and all of that. So once estrogen two starts to diminish, estrogen one is still taking over. And estrogen one feeds off of adipose tissue. That's where it resides. Adipose tissue is fat, you guys. So I was like, oh, fuck, that makes sense. That's why women, especially after menopause, start getting that barrel-chested look. They start collecting weight around their middle. They start collecting it in their breasts. I mean, we have a lot of fat tissue on the front of our of our body, in our stomach area, in our breast area. There's a lot of extra adipose tissue, especially as we age. So it makes sense that we would gain weight during menopause because your estrogen is attaching to the receptors that are fat tissue and clinging on. So that's interesting. I found that to be super interesting. And I also was like, oh, okay. So the reason that we have these, okay, so the reason that there are so many uh, urogenital issues, urogenital meaning urinary tract genital organs, they are all connected. I think most people know that. I don't know. Your kidneys are also connected into those functions. Uh, our female uh, urogenital system has quite a number of um, estrogen receptor centers, obviously, ovaries um, and, and such, and they don't need it anymore. So they don't need it anymore. They, they still need it. Those organs still need it, but they're not getting it. So that is why the vagina skin becomes thinner. That's why there's urinary incontinence. That's why there is an increase in UTIs. I mean, there, there are some real serious, serious shit that happens to our body, our bodies. And I think 100%, I mean, duh, but 100%, the reason that nobody can pinpoint any one thing is because we are all unique. We are all so unique that each person's experience is completely unique, especially as they go through menopause. And I think that it's, it's um, I think because we're so much more connected with our bodies that medical science can't keep up on some levels, but I also do believe, because I think I must be, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm a conspiracy theory lady. Um, I, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If this was a male problem, it already would have been figured out. So I have, was starting to look at all of this because I've been hot flashing like a motherfucker lately. And you know, I haven't been drinking. I haven't been eating spicy foods. Okay. Maybe I've had a little bit more caffeine, but certainly no more caffeine than I had, you know, over the past six months of this whole moving and all of that. Maybe I have adrenal fatigue and that's the reason why 
I'm feeling all of this a lot more, but I, I think that it's more hormonal surges and I think, you know, just because I don't have a period anymore, I still have hormonal syndromes. So what I'm going to call you, call this is EMS, emotional menopausal syndrome. And I have felt it so hard this week. Maybe that's why I've been hot flashing, but I've been having headaches and I've been grumpy AF. I've been so sensitive. It's like I've got like prickles all over my body and the wind touches it and I'm set off. Like I am just, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm not exercising. I mean, I am exercising. I'm getting my 10,000 steps. I'm out there walking every day, but I'm not doing that hard cardio that I was getting from spin and okay. Yeah, that's, that's all good. Cardio is good. But for me, that is my mental, that's my mental release. That's the way I get out of my head. It's the only way I seem to be able to get out of my head because all the other things that I've been doing are not doing it. So I'm going to fix that this week. It's not going to be zero to 100, but I'm going to change that. And I'm not going to make any declarations about what that change is going to be right now because I don't want to fucking set myself up. So moving forward, I am. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that even though I'm hot flashing, they certainly aren't as intense as they were. Meaning the first couple years, uh, leading up to menopause and then after menopause, they have definitely diminished they aren't as intense. I'm lucky though, because I'm not one of those women that ever had those head soaking kind of, uh, hot flashes. My hot flashes were, and are back of my neck a little bit, mostly my chest under my breasts. That, that is where I get hot and I get red in the face, but I don't, I don't soak. My hair is not wet. And I had a stepmother once who, who hot flashed like that. And it looked like she took a shower. So I am grateful for where I am on my own path right now. And, you know, I continue to observe and tweak and try to make changes. I, I think I've mentioned before that I take cholesterol medication. Uh, we have a genetic familial cholesterol problem on my paternal side, but heart disease and cholesterol are elevated during menopause. And when my doctor found it, he was a newish doctor for me and he was a little alarmed that nobody had seen it before. And so was I, but then I was like, Oh, duh, it's probably because of menopause. So I take the medication and even with the medication, my freaking LDL is still a little high. So now I'm making dietary changes which I'm not happy about because I already don't eat gluten and eat the smallest, smallest, smallest amount of cheese. And that's the only tiny bit of dairy that I will have. And by cheese, I mean like Romano or Pecorino Parmesan. That's it. Um, so taking eggs out and taking shrimpies out and taking, um, Okay, true confessions. I like potato chips, crisps in other countries, but I do. I like them and they're bad for you, but, and they're really bad for the cholesterol. Like I don't care about the calorie part. I'm not worried about that part, but the cholesterol part, yeah, I am. I also like French fries. 
you see there's a potato theme happening here. So I have had to minimize those things and I will have to get my blood checked again. Great story. Menopause is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> That's kind of funny because heart disease is part of menopause. But as I've said before, and I will say a hundred more times, I'm not, I'm not here for the alternative. So goodbye.